Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Paulie, 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 Paulie Cole. He just went to the calm games and got gold. Now he's about to come on the show. Let's rip into it. Oh, yo. Paulie. Good morning, my brother. <laughs> How are you, my man? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm up and about now, mate, because the champs on our show. Well done, brother. We are so, so proud of you back here in New Zealand. Obviously, you fly well the flag. Well done, Paulie. Paulie Cole. Paulie Cole, just, just getting the job done, mate. Um, Grey mouth was coming out through and through through you mate you had to dig deep but you got the job done how, how was the night mate oh mate it was huge bro um yeah i was just sort of uh in and out of in and out of focus for that one you know it was quite tough to to focus i was sort of battling at the start just to to be able to find my, my zone and stuff but uh yeah man i was proud uh how i you know dug in and the fourth and fifth sort of found my game a bit and started firing it in and um you know started making work quite quite well so yeah, man, just real proud of how I sort of fought and managed to find my into that match a bit more. Mate, you, you, I'm sitting here going, get in there, come on, dig in, mate. That, give me that West Coast that I know you have. And you started throwing yourself around the court. Like, there's two points, mate, that were really critical where you dove, it looked like you'd lost the point and you'd found something and and got to those those points to get it. What was it? Tell me, mate, what were you thinking of? Like, you, you were obviously trying to refocus, but what was it that got you back into that focused area? Um, the third, I had a bit of a lead in the third, like 6 3, 7 3, and um, I lost that set and it pissed me off a bit. So, um, <laughs> you know, I chucked my racket at the end of the set and uh, sort of got my ass into gear a bit, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I think, you know, from that sort of point where I. You know, it's quite annoyed at myself. It sort of just snapped me out of it. You know, I was pretty nervous all day and obviously quite a big match for me. So, um, you know, at the start, I think I was just a little bit nervous. And, you know, after I got that sort of bit of, uh, you know, aggression back in, it sort of, you know, kicked me out of that zone and, and got me into to where I wanted to be. Uh, it's a game of chess, though, Colsey. I was watching it and you were kind of like trying to figure out um, Mackin. And he was, mate, he, had a, he put on probably his most clinical game. But it was kind of like a game of chess. I saw you, you know, playing a lot closer to the, to the wall and, and drop, doing those little drop shots, and then you'd hit it to the back. So did, was it kind of like just trying to figure them out for a bit? Listen to you for this squash talk now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, you know me. You know me. 100% right, mate. Um, me and him have quite similar games. I was sort of... You know, we're sort of battling for that T position, trying to sort of um, outwork each other and sort of outmaneuver each other because you know, we both have, like I said, we've both got some games. So it's a real sort of tactical battle and physical battle for us. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't feel like I had my best last night. But you know, finals is not always about you know playing the best squash; it's just finding a way to win. So yeah, I managed to do that last night, and um, you know, I was uh, I was ecstatic after it. Just I was I was full of energy. I slept about two hours last night, and I didn't even have a drop of alcohol. So. 
Um, yeah, I was wired. I was wired all night. Don't worry, you can celebrate with us when you come back, mate. Your shout. Um, hey, <laughs> Paulie, look, you did play the game of your life, mate. That was. I know you. I know you're giving yourself a hard time, but it was for a gold medal and you won it. So you did play the game of your life. Just take me through that last set, that point, that very first point, that rally that went forever, because that's where I thought you that you you won it there. That was it. Hundred percent, man. I, I knew I had to. Um, I thought I played a really good fourth set. And I had to just um, come out in the fifth strong. Just couldn't give him anything, and you know I wanted to be to be quite aggressive and take it to him and not let him get any sort of momentum. And um, played it with a lot of confidence and found my game, found my range, and I thought, you know, I put some really good shots into the front and didn't give him anything to work with. And, you know, I thought I had him quite tired and uh, I didn't want to give him any free points. So, yeah, man, that, that first rally, I remember it, it was a monster. And um, I felt my legs going already, but I knew he was probably more tired than me. So, you know, it's just a mental battle uh, in that first set. There's still work to do, of course, Colsey. You've obviously got your doubles, your mixed doubles, and you've um, progressed through to the quarters, I'm pretty sure, there. Just on the whole Com Games experience, I read some comments from you earlier in uh, the event where you were just talking about how the whole kind of experience not was overawing you, but you just wanted it so bad that you almost needed to slow yourself down. It, like, Can you explain what that feeling actually is? Can you put it into words? Not really, to be honest, man. It's just... Um... You know, being being around so many good athletes, and you know they all had the same mindset, and just sort of you know some some pretty sort of um, famous athletes that you sort of watch on TV, and then just being surrounded by them by two weeks, it sort of it just gives you a, a huge amount of energy. And um, you know, I was sort of the start of the week, I was sort of getting myself into a bit of a state, you know, like too 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 excited, too up for it, and um, I wasn't really too pumped up. So yeah, something they want to sort of you know, sort of soak it all in, but you've got to, you know, um, keep your, your mind on the job and um, stay focused on your match. So, yeah, I was, I was real happy with my semi-final. I thought, you know, I really got that balance right of being relaxed, um, being focused and up for it. But, yeah, going into the to the final, obviously, it was a, probably one of my biggest finals and um, I really wanted it. So that's when the nerves kicked in. I was a, The whole day I was just sort of, you know, sitting around with, you know, um, butterflies all through my stomach. So, yeah, man, it was a it's a wicked experience here. It's hard to describe, but you know, it just gives you so much energy. Um, you know, like I said, I slept two hours last night, but I'm still buzzing buzzing today. So, yeah, it's a wicked experience, man. Oh, Colsey, mate, we're so, we're so bloody proud of you. Honestly, you you're flying the flag. You've put in so much effort, mate. Are, are you are you naked? Like, yeah. So there was up that one rally in the in the last set, but there was probably about six hundred of those throughout the the match. Where it was just going for minutes, just one point. Like how how are you feeling, mate? How's the body, and um, what do you got coming up, mate? Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, mate. It's pretty beat up. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I was I was cramping on that last that very last point. I was I was happy I had a five point lead because my left quad had gone at that stage. It was um, yeah, it was pretty tight. It was all cramping up, so it was tough, man. It's uh, you know, but uh, we got a good team here. Got lots of lots of massages and, and stuff um, today. So had a pretty pretty comfortable first round of the doubles and um, hopefully tomorrow will be a bit fresher. But yeah, man, after this, I'll take a few days off. Um, but mm. don't have too much time. I've got my, my season starts three weeks after this. So I've um, got to stay in shape <laughs> and, and start preparing for that. 
Oh, mate, it doesn't slow down for you, mate, but that's why I called you muscles. You got the biggest quads I've ever seen. So I can understand why they've started cramping up. But, hey, uh, just quickly, we're going to let you go shortly, but seeing, seeing your family on the news, celebrating, popping the champagne, mate, how, how are they feeling? They must be extremely proud of you and, and, and all your success. I know your dad's your biggest fan, but have you, have you, have you had some good words with them? Yeah, they um they called me, you know, had a chat video chat with them last night, which was really cool. They were super proud. They were they were four bottles of, of champagne deep um before breakfast. So um, <laughs> <Good>. they were <laughs> they were flying. But um yeah, it was it was cool to, to speak to dad and uh, mum and stuff like that. So yeah, it was wicked to that, you know, they obviously supported me a lot, you know, for them to enjoy that moment. It was pretty cool. Yeah, mate. They're proud of you. We're proud of you. We appreciate you coming on our show. As always, the one and only Paul Cole. Give me a little freestyle before you go, mate. <laughs> no way you're dropping me in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, appreciate it, Colsey. Love you, bud. Take care and, and well done again. Thank you, boys. Really appreciate it. Awesome, Colsey. Champion, is he? Oh, Absolutely. Man. Honestly, the fitter he'd probably be one of the fittest athletes in New Zealand. Eh? Like, he yeah. is just crazy. That one point, Kempe and Louis, like you, you're back, you got to try and get eleven of them, and that one point takes ten minutes. Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> and then it probably goes to yes, let or you know the, the so they're going to start again. Like it's man, that sport is physically demanding. Here's here's a little pop quiz for you. I just did a Google, and this is pretty unscientific, but it's come from www.squashrevolution.com. How many people worldwide do you reckon play squash, Kempi? Oh, well, it used to be quite big back in, back in my day. Um, I don't know, worldwide? Maybe a million? Is he? Number one sport in Egypt. 10 million? 20. 20 million people play squash worldwide from a couple of in that 20 million figure just doing a very quick bit wow. of digging there. It looks like a couple of different sources have that there or thereabouts. Paul Cole's from a country of 5 million. He's from a tiny town on the West Coast there, Greymouth. There's three people there. Yeah. Uh, there's, he had to travel to get access to courts, to get access to training from a pretty young age once he realised he was pretty handy at it. He's, what is he, 30? I think so. It's been a slow burn from him as ascendancy. He's a genuine, a genuine international sports star. And He's I, a coal mate. I think Kempi. People are starting to have to penny drop how big Paul Cole is, and like we have mm. been on it for a long time. I've been a massive fan of his work for years now. But I remember when he was toiling away. I remember when he broke into the top ten. I remember when he broke into the top five. And then since we've been on here, just watching his rapid ascension in the last 18 months, I think the penny is now dropping. And it's a shame that you have to be front of, like you have to see someone to recognise their success. But that's how it works in sport a lot of the time. I think the penny's finally dropped for people, Kempe. This guy's a genuine star. Mate, like if there's anyone out there that's looking for someone to brand with Paul Cole and, and has just a clean-cut kid representing your brand... Mate, he'd be he'd be top of the list, you know. I can't mm. believe he comes home and he hasn't got a car waiting for him. For instance, you know, I know he plays a lot of lot of his squash overseas, but this is a kid who's just mate. He's clean. He's clean. He's like such a clean brand. 
But the, the thing to go with him and the thing to boot is he's such a good kid. You know, mm. he's so he's a champion, absolute champion. Oh, I wanted to yeah. say that to him. Is I wanted to say, mate, you did play well. You played for gold yeah. and you got it. You know, so well done, Colsey. Look, racing is a huge part of our show. It's a huge part of SCNZ. It's a huge part of New Zealand's national identity. There's an industry out there who this morning and at the moment are, well, taking stock of everything really because, unfortunately, as does happen sometimes, jockeys, well, they put themselves right on the firing line. And right now we're all praying for Taiki Yanagita, a 28-year-old talented rider who came off on the synthetic track on Wednesday and he's um, fighting hard right now. Michael Guerin is... Well, New Zealand's leading racing journalist. He's obviously co-hosted with me on the Mail Run on Saturday mornings. He's racing editor of the New Zealand Herald. And Mick, I know on a personal note, you'll be taking this pretty hard, but you'll also be trying to get as much information for everybody as possible. Morning to you, mate. Thanks for taking the call. Um, what do we know? Let's start there. Good morning, Louis, and big hi to everybody listening around the country. It is a tough time. It's a very small community, the jockey community. Um you know, if you have an injured rugby player, we might have, you know, a couple of hundred thousand in the country or a hundred thousand these days. You know, there's only a hundred jockeys. So they all know each other and we all know them. Now, Taiki, for those who don't know, uh, is a Japanese-born rider who is 28, as you mentioned, has been living in New Zealand since he was 18. Um, he was riding on Wednesday at Cambridge. He had a fall. Not only did he hit the track when which his helmet came off, but the horse following him through no fault of anybody, this was real split-second stuff, Louis, um, trod on him and stood on his back. So he has spinal injuries, which are very serious, and he also has head and brain injuries, which are also very serious. And I try not to be alarmist in saying that, but um, both are concerning in their own right, and he has both at the same time. He was put in an induced coma at the track, taken to Waikato Hospital. They were going to transfer him to Middlemore Hospital because of the spinal injuries, but they've decided not to because of the head injuries. So he has those two as well as other internal injuries. He is in a very, very grave situation. Um, his mother, Tayano, is flying out from Japan. She lives in Kyoto in Japan. She arrives at Auckland Airport in about half an hour. She'll be taken to his bedside uh, in Waikato Hospital in the intensive care unit uh, and were only hoping and for those who are that way inclined praying for good news today but the doctors are not confident of good news today Louis. That's really really sad news Mick. Hey um, I know that his mum and his sister are c- coming out today. Who else is af- affected down here in New Zealand? He's been here for 10 years. Uh, has he got family in that as well in New Zealand? Can be single man um, and, and no children, um, so no dependents in that regard. Um, he's quite tall for a jockey, um, is Taiki. Everybody calls Taiki Tiger, so I'll keep calling him Tiger. Everybody calls him that. He's quite tall for a jockey, so he's had to really, really work on his fitness because it, it's hard for jockeys. For those who don't follow racing, jockeys need to be around 55, 56 kilos as fully grown men in this case to be able to do their job. So fitness has been crucial for him. He's not a guy you see out having a beer after the races very often. He's not a guy who's at gallivanting around town. He's very quiet, very, very dedicated because he has to be to keep that weight off him so he can enable himself to be a jockey. And as Lance O'Sullivan, who was his boss and mentor, and of course the New Zealand's champion jockey for many decades, 
Lance said, look, when he came here, he wasn't a natural. He wasn't a great jockey. Her sheer hard work and dedication and hours and hours on those roads, he's enabled himself to become a jockey who's won 162 races and three black type races. So he's a young man who's worked extremely hard at his craft and is incredibly popular and polite. Uh, and, yeah, a lot of people in the racing industry, but particularly in that close-knit jockey's rooms, obviously there's males jockeys and female jockeys, they'll be really hurting today. Mick, can you put it in context for us um, about how often or how dangerous a jockey's job is? Like, you know, we we hear about jockeys and we see jockeys coming off from time to time, but like, this is serious and, yeah, do for, for casual sports fans that might not, you know, we see motorsport crashes and, you know, sports people put themselves in the firing line to various degrees. But just can you just give us a bit of context on jockeys in particular? In the last 30 years, um, you know, we've lost three jockeys to race accidents. So actual accidents that have cost lives. It's incredibly dangerous because... A horse weighs about 550 kilos. Obviously, animals have a mind of their own. And people don't realise jockeys aren't sitting on them like you would normally sit on a horse at the beach. They are, are balancing right on their toes in the stirrups on a horse at full speed. So if a horse makes any quick change of direction, it's incredibly hard to stay on them. It's an amazingly skillful job, plus trying to push and beat your arrivals and push through gaps, which... It, it's amazing when you see the footage, which you can see on head cam for some of the jockeys sometimes. Um, it's an incredibly brave job, and often it's done by people who are in a dehydrated or, shall we say, not greatly nourished state, because a lot of jockeys will waste, which is the ability to take a kilo or two off the day of race day through a sauna or through a hot bath. They'll waste to get down to those weights. That's a story for another day. That's not a factor in this story. But the problem is that sometimes when a jockey hits a track, no different to when you're playing rugby or league, if you are playing on a wet surface, a wet ground, you bang your head, you're probably going to be okay. There's lots of give in the ground. On a synthetic racetrack or a summer racetrack made of turf, which is very hard, you know how that goes. You know yourself if you're at home and you die for a cricket ball in summer on the grass at home for a bit of fun, you come off losing a lot of skin. You bang your head on the hard, hard um, grass. It, it hurts. This track was synthetic, and it's sort of a mixture of, uh, of sand, the best way to describe it to people listening to this. When Tiger hit the sand, like at the beach, you think if you're at the beach and you come off a motorbike or a bike, you just dig into it. You hit it and you stay there. You don't roll as you might on the grass. Um, this is the first time I've had a major accident on a synthetic track. I'm not saying they're any less safe, but when you do have an accident at full speed... You are basically going straight into the surface and staying there, um, which is possibly one reason why Tiger's helmet came off. Again, not talking about safety concerns with that. It was just a factor in this particular accident, the way it unfolded. Yeah, right, Mick. Thank you for the bit of context there and the information. Um, I guess we'll, we'll follow um, Tiger's um, uh Taiki's condition over the weekend and try to keep up to date with what's going on with him. And look, everybody, I've got messages coming in already, people sending their thoughts to his family and the whole racing industry, because you're right, everyone will be shook here. You go on, mate. I know you're off this weekend, um, so we won't speak to you tomorrow morning on the mail run, but appreciate your time, Mick, and uh, we'll, we'll keep posted on your Twitter page and other places for any updates. Yeah, we'll try and keep you updated, Louis. It's a really tricky situation. Taiki's mum doesn't speak English. 
but there's good people surrounding them. NZTR, which is on Thoroughbred Racing, is doing the right thing in this case by trying to support her as much as they can. But, um, yeah, the next 24 hours, absolutely crucial. Doctors telling Lance O'Sullivan yesterday, the next four or five days it may be before out of the woods. And even if Taiki does regain consciousness and we are able to, to have him back in our lives, um, he's got a very, very long road ahead with some of the injuries he has. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes posted for a give a little page or anything like that. As soon as we get hold of one, which I'm sure there will be one, we'll one. make sure to share it around. There you go, Michael Guerin, Racing Editor of New Zealand Herald, co-host of the Mail Run with us. Um, some pretty sombering news this morning, but it can't all be rainbows and lollipops. Kempe, the sporting world, and especially the racing world, is a brutal place. Let's talk a bit of code. Let's have a McCafe catch-up, coffee catch-up with a bloke who's played a hell of a lot of te- test footy. Yes, he's an absolute legend. He's a good friend. I knew he'll be up nice and early when I flicked him a wee message at 5.30am asking if he'd come on the show after 8 o'clock. And he's uh, answered my SOS. Appreciate it. Mills, Muliaina, someone, one of my first roommates. He showed me the ropes nice and early and uh, learned everything I know off the one and only Mills. Millsy, morning. Good morning. Good morning, brother. I don't think I taught you everything I, I know, mate. I never taught you all that bad stuff you used to do, mate. So, but um, thanks for having me on, brother. That was Corey J. Amos. That, that's it, man. That's it. Hey, you blame all that stuff on CJ, mate. He, he led you astray. Oh, Millsy, don't get me started on you, buddy. Anyway, appreciate you coming on, Millsy. Um, mate, big week. The All Blacks test in South Africa. It's been highly anticipated. We were waiting all week to see what team was un- unveiled for the All Blacks, a couple of changes. Caleb Clark comes in, mate. But what was your initial reaction to the team that was named? I'd have to say possibly the front row. Um, mm. I think it's it's a, it's a probably an indication of it's, it's perhaps where we want to actually um, try and play the game. Um, you know, given the well, the only real I mean experience you've got there is, is Angus. I mean, Tokiaho has been there for a wee while, but he's still relatively inexperienced as well. And you know, George Bauer, having played last year, so it's probably an indication about this. We've spoken about over the years. You know, where are we go with our front row? Do we have a mobile pack or mm. a pack that's designed to, to go around and really hit the set piece? I think there's a real balance in terms of what they've um, they've picked there, and and possibly a little bit to the future. Which is really ballsy, from you know, yeah. considering you know, the the heat that you know Ian Foster's been on in the last couple of weeks. I, I think he would have loved to have this team, having had you know, won that sort of June series, a June July series against the Irish. But I, I think this is um, this is you know him going out now and saying, well, look, this is what I've always thought about. I think this is where we can go. Uh, and, and whilst we're in South Africa, uh, it's probably. Um, you know, complements the game that they're about to play. It's probably above the ground and hard and fast. Mm. Hey, Mulsey, Jace Ryan, obviously with those picks in the in the forward pack, especially coming off the bench, the the ag- aggress. It looks like more aggression. Is he looking for? Is that what you think around the forwards? I think a little bit of explosiveness, a little bit, a little bit of X, X factor. Um, you know, you're, you're tight, you're tight. Fired, um, you know, obviously still having a little bit, bit of stability around their, their set piece with the two locks and their experience. But I think when you when you go to South Africa, you've got to come up with something different. You can't go there and say, well, hey, look, I'm going to match this guy with that guy. You know, he, he brings, uh, you know, um, they T-bone and, and, and run hard and they're really physical. I think you've got to bring a different element. You've almost got to surprise them a little bit and mm. and target their, um, their, their, their experience, target their 
um, their strengths. And their biggest strength is, you know, their physicality. They're, they're big boys. Their lineouts are really quick. So don't don't go to lineouts. If you can get the ball in and they kick them out, you know, get them in, try and play a really fast, agile game. Now, the danger to that is, you know, when you're, when, when you do make mistakes um, and you end up um, set piece, have you got a set piece that can actually go out there and, and, and front it? Um, and, and I suppose, you know, with Angus Tarval, um, and Bauer there, there's a real big onus on making sure they, they sort that set piece because the South Africans love it, man. They they love grinding you down. But if we can get a game that sort of um, a little bit unstructured, uh, that suits us, but that's uh, it's high high skill level, um, particularly when you've got the loose trio that we've got and, and some of the, the ball carriers that we've got, Tokiahos, he'll, he'll be massive too. I think, you know, um, there's indications there that, you know, Ian Foster wants to play a really fast, quick game and to try and sort of, um, you know, tire these, these big boys down and then and then hopefully open things up. So, so Fozzie's um, taking over the backs. Millsy, we're going to go to the backs now. You've got Caleb Clark coming in, getting his first opportunity. I want, I want to ask you about him and his expectations, limited amount of rugby. Uh, you know, he hasn't played for a hell of a long time. What are our expectations for him? But with Fozzie's influence, on the team, what are our expectations and who do you think really needs to stand up this weekend in that back line? Oh, look, there's always talk about your, your team, your driver being able to, 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 to step up. Um, Caleb Clark, he's going to be fresh. He'll be really excited. Um, and sometimes that enthusiasm just lifts um, a lot of the, the play. If he's going to get a lot of kicks to him, he'll bring the ball back. Um, the key is that he's got, he's got to keep working off the ball to try and open up some holes for the guys on in the inside. I wouldn't. I don't say. I don't think it's a guy that needs to step up. I think it's just a guy that I think is very important to this backline. That's David Harvey. I think, you know, him being out um, through illness, through you know the Irish series was massive, and coming back into the fold in that sort of in that last game, you know, just being able to find his feet. Obviously, um, was was heavily hit by COVID, but I think he brings. Um, a massive part in, term, in terms of this, this backline, you know, his skill execution, but also his ability to be able to help, um, you know, you know, Bowden, um, his mm. direction and voice. And we're just starting to see that. You've seen that in the in the, in the Super Rugby um, final, you know, the way he played and the, the way he really stepped up. So it's not so much him stepping up, it's being him back, being back first and foremost, um, having been out with COVID, but his stability and, and voice, and I've seen a different part of his game, particularly in, in Super Rugby, that physicality um, in, in the 12 uh, jersey. So, um, in particular, his, his tackling, I think he's a key part because he brings um, he brings a little bit something a little bit different. You know, he can kick the ball, um, he can um, you know take a little bit of pressure off Bowden, he can carry well, and, and now in his game, that physical um, aspect in terms of his um, tackling, he's really starting to bring. So, I think he's a very key part to this All Black backline. Hey, Milsey, take us back, okay? Just take us back a little bit and give some education to our listeners here. You're standing at the back and it's not really going your way and you're in that fullback position and you're seeing things that are quite not happening how you thought they were going to happen with your training. What what are you looking at to change from that fullback position? What are you looking at to, to offer as far as leadership goes when it, when it starts to get dark and, and dirty in that middle part of the field? No, oh, mate, yeah, Jeepers, man, you're starting to bloody get me um, bloody, bloody nervous here, mate, thinking <laughs> me back to those times. But I think the key thing is, Kippy, is, is that it's it's not so much what I sat in the back and thought far out, okay, man, this isn't going going to plan. Um, it's that leadership 
the leadership in terms of everyone else and, and the leaders being able to get on the same page, you know, okay, cool, this is our game plan that we went to during the week. Man, it's not happening. Um, okay, let's let's talk about this now when we get a moment as, as the leaders of, say, the back three, you know, the midfield, um, the directors coming in and saying, okay, what's our plan? And there's always going to be different different ideas. Okay, there's opportunities here, but the faster those leaders um, can can come up with a, with a different plan and then start implementing and telling the guys around them, so this is what we're going to do. And it's got to be really simplistic. And I know it's easy saying that, you know, when, when you're out of it, but in the heat of the moment, it's really important that you start, that you change it straight away. And then you, then you get a backing from your leaders. Okay, cool. This is what we're going to do now. Okay, well, let's do it for the next five or 10 minutes. And if you start getting inroads there, then we'll just hammer up and then start working something else. But the key is that leadership group, um, that, that they change things and the ability to change things. Mm. And I think... And that, you know, from the outside looking in, I don't think we had quite had that. I think we had too many, um, you know, sort of, you know, game plans on them. Man, this isn't going right. Okay, cool. I'm going to step up now, which is awesome. We had, you know, Artie stand up and go, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pick things up. I'll carry. I'll, I'll, um, I'll try and lead this, this team through, you know, a tough, a tough patch. The important part is he's got to have the other five or six guys right in behind him and, and, and be clear on, on what their game plan is when things aren't going so well. And, and I think there was a lot of confusion during that that, um, that, that uh, Irish series in terms of where, where do we go. When you're under pressure, that's what you revert to. You just go, I'll, I'll try and do it, I'll try and do it. Um, I think the leadership group, and I think they've, they've, um, they've obviously you know, sat down and, and spoken about a few things. They made, you know, they had a huge call in terms of um, you know, what they did in terms of the review. But I think now is the time for them now to really get on that, the, the same page, back each other, and, and, and have the ability to really keep things simple. Because if they get it right, all those young guys that haven't been to South Africa, some guys that haven't only been once and have never experienced this before, they'll follow them. They'll, they'll follow them into, into, you know, to the hills and, 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 and go to those dark places for them. And in, in the end, if they, don't, if they don't win, well, at least they're all on the same page and thinking, well, this is what we tried to change, rather than, hey, you go, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And um, you know, we've lost because we've had all these different ideas and everyone else is on, this, on, on different pages. Mate, Will Jordan. Will Jordan hasn't been to South Africa. This is his first trip. I couldn't believe it when he told me the other day. He feels like he's been around forever. But talking to change, uh, Millsy, we saw a, a variation. We saw varying bits of it throughout the Irish series with their phase attack. And that's something that's been on everyone's minds for the last couple of years. Do we go back to the pods, the plain old pods, or are we going to see some variation? We had the wide pass off Aaron Smith that worked in the first yep. test but it only worked because we got line breaks and we bent the line so they weren't able to get their line speed going. What do you want to see this week? Are you, are you expecting the All Blacks to go back to just the tra- traditional pods or are you, are you expecting some innovating? Have they had enough time with Fozzie getting his hands on them in about a week and a half? Well, I think the pod's always there, so they can always revert to that. All our Super Rugby teams, you know, you know, played played a similar sort of style. I, I love that. You're right. They went to that wider part, to that third man, and you know, it was that was huge. So they've got that up their sleeve too. I think mm. if you if you bring things right back, they didn't. They started to not win the contact. They started to go, um, you know, go down the blind a bit, and then they sort of come back, and that caused confusion. I think for me, if if, if I was going to go to South Africa and you're wanting to play a, a hard, fast game, you've got to get your skill set right first. It's going to be dry. It's a three o'clock, two or two o'clock game. Um, you got to win those contacts, and when you when you pick guys up that are up front that are particularly going to carry the ball, Bowers and they've got really nice you know foot movement and they've got real good physicality. Yeah. You can't 
afford to actually go, you know, in T-Bone. You've got to find a little wee gap just to find that little bit of space. And once you get that that sort of front foot forward, then we can, you know, unleash our backs. So mm. I, I, I'd love to see them, you know, go back to what they do best. Just old school to say, just roll yeah. your sleeves up. But have a real good skill set about it. Have a really good skill set about it. Because that's what, we're, that's what we're, in, we're known for. We're the best in the world. Our skill level and what we do. And that starts yeah. from, you know, playing in the backyard. And, and I'd love to see them do that. We haven't seen the accuracy in that in the last, you know, I suppose couple of years. Hey, Mills, just one from me. And I appreciate you coming on at short notice. But speaking of rolling the sleeves up, uh, from watching the breakdown, I know you don't mind the prickly topics. I know you don't mind the prickly questions and you love dissecting this this, this stuff. We've been asking uh, everybody today, how many wins does Ian Foster need to keep his job on this tour? And I'd love to get your take on this. I've thrown out a few different options. None, he's safe already. One, and a decent win. Both, otherwise, he's probably toast. Or it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with wins or losses at the moment. So your best guess or your best bit of insight, what would you be leaning towards? I don't think, and I know there's another review after the South African tour. I I think they'll go one and one. Um... I don't think they'll, they'll let it. They shouldn't, if it was me, I wouldn't let him go after this tour. If it was, if it be we know in two, I think you've got to mm-hmm. give him the whole of the championship. Um, and and I don't, you know, if he loses the bledder side, that's going to be a massive. I think that that could be what sort of you know the board will have to look at before the end of your tour. But I think you've got to give him the championship uh, to try and get things right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, give him this tour. This is massive for Fozzie and, and the team. Um, but I think they've got to back him, and that's why I'm a little bit disappointed that they want to review again. I'm unsure they want why they want to review after a two-match tour. I think you wait until the end of the, the championship, and you know you've still got the end of your tour, and then you come out and say, well, here's what he's done. Um, is it enough for him to keep it? Rather than sort of you know every two games we're gonna we're gonna have a look at it. I can't put a number on it. I, I think the mm. bleeders load is going to be huge. That's going to be is uh, we need to keep that in the cabinet because that's always very very important. You know um, that's the next Ooh. best thing. Apart from the World Rugby World Cup, um, yeah. if he loses that, then gee, um, I'd, I'd hate to think um, you know what what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the treasured trophy, Millsy. Uh, it's been in our cabinets for a very, very long time. I think that will be the the line in the sand if if it comes to that. Hopefully not. Anyway, Millsy, we'll let you go, bud. We appreciate you coming on our show at short notice. You're doing a fantastic job on the screens. Keep up the great work, mates, and uh, thank you very much. And have a good, great weekend with your family, bud. Yeah, good on you guys. Thanks heaps. Have a good weekend, Dave. There he is, Mills. Williaina, very articulate and uh, comes across and just really nails the point. Great detail on, on explaining things and we appreciate them coming on, lads. Leadership. Leadership. You know, that, that question around getting the group together and making sure that they make that decision but do it collectively, so yep. important, mate. I think, that's, I think that's the key. He was a hell of a leader, mate. Honestly, you, you follow him anywhere. Just so much mana, just respect him, and uh, yeah, just got a lot of time, and he's, he's done really well on the screens. He's an absolute code head, is he? I can't like just from an outside view, listening to his analysis. Like, no offense mm. to anyone else giving rugby analysis in in New Zealand, but probably there's no one I'd rather listen to than Mills. Like, you watch him actually get into the like the depths of attacking structure of yeah. asking the question that is probably the one that maybe you don't want to actually go near. Mills is mm. the first one to, hey, I actually think this is about this. 
and I can only imagine as a player and as a young fullback coming in, you were just like in awe of him. Is it, would that be about right when the way oh, yeah. he would look at the game? Yeah, I was I was in awe of Mills and and tried to. Well, I, I was I was with him for two two years before he, he went off overseas, so I really just soaked it all up and and got an understanding. Mate, defence has a he just had a real nous like. He's obviously very skillful, but man, he'd pop up in the in the right place at the right time. His work creators anticipation to predict where the ball was going to be, and you just watch him and just be wowed every single time. But you think, right? Has it now? So I loved his answer about like everyone gets fixated on the variations on attack and 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 the you know the phase play. What what are we doing here? But the reality is, you've got ball players and they've got to nail their skill sets, their core roles, their running lines, their footwork, and just roll your sleeves up that's it roll your sleeves up and go to work and that's gonna what it's going to take in South Africa yeah you're going to have to you're dead right as he said something unstructured like roll your sleeves up get get down and dirty and then outplay them that's that's all you want to do and to the people coming through questioning uh, the level of punditry we do get well I can never and I don't think anyone could ever accuse Mills of not asking and getting into the dirty stuff I, I really do think he's the one that hits the nail on the head more often than not 20 Two minutes past eight o'clock this morning. Pip Morris from tab.co.nz, not far away. And your messages on the All Blacks as well, like this one. Hi, guys. What is the team for the ABs, please? Um, Clark on the wing. Yes, Kerry Clark is on the wing. No, Geordie's at fullback. And Will Jordan is on the right wing. Bowden Barrett's at first five. Sammy, uh, Tuck Yaho is at hooker starting. Dan Coles on the reserve bench. Cody Taylor misses out. Tupo Vai also on the reserve bench. Akira Yuani holds his place at blindside flank. Some of the keys to note there, Kerry. Keep your messages coming in throughout the morning. Back after this here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple. Oh, love that sound. Oh, wow. I want to start the tipple off by giving a toast to all the Commonwealth Game athletes who celebrated their achievements with us, including bronze medalist Stacey Flula and Moira Costa. They were both keen to have a laugh, as well as silver medalist Hayden Wild, who isn't holding any grudges against the officials who penalised them. Well, maybe a little. Do you feel like there's too many voices having their say in the way that things are being refereed? Well, yeah, I tell you what, it, it, it doesn't help when it was a uh, when it was a UK official. But anyway, um... <laughs> oh, he was salty. He Come was off. salty. He was coming <laughs> off the back fence. Well, while the com gains may be grabbing most of the headlines, sale sale GP team have been the talk of the town over in Plymouth. Yep, the Kiwi boys, they put up their best performance of the series to secure a maiden victory and were given the honour of taking the master of the seas, Lewis Pugh, for a joyride. Andy Maloney told us, though, that the team also had the chance to race with royalty. No, it was awesome having him on uh, before racing today, actually, but we raced against Kate Middleton today with him on the back of our boat, and uh, what, the yeah, he had a good steer. And, yeah, we were racing against the princess today. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Okay. How good. How good. Duchess. How was Duchess. the princess, Louis? D- Duchess. Charlotte Duchess. is the princess. All right? <laughs> I-, I know my royals. All right, mate. All right. Your royalty. Here we go. We've we've highlighted some amazing stories at the glass grassroots level throughout the year, but perhaps none more impressive than Monaco Rugby's journey 
to the top of Auckland's Premier Division. We caught up with club chairman Jason Mikes ahead of the Gallagher Shield final to find out what led to this incredible turnaround. We've been able to diversify and maximise income streams and we've invested in a sport development manager role which means growing rugby, juniors and senior numbers and then also committing to our summer activities as well. A little old club like that, Kempe, investing in the right areas, that's, that's positive signs, isn't it? Go the boys. Big game this weekend up against Pond Snobby. Talking about turnarounds, <laughs> the All Blacks are set to face perhaps their biggest challenge of a tumultuous 2022. When they face, yes, the box, the South Africans in their own backyard. Brian Habana, what a legend, made it clear, though, that the boys in green won't be choosing to wear that favourites tag heading into Sunday's test match. I think there would be a lot of hesitation from Jacques Ninova, Sia and the boys to sort of pin themselves as favourites. I think, you know, a hurting all black is definitely something they, they won't take lightly. And I think, you know, given what's happening, given the potential amount of turmoil, you know, the one thing you can always know from the all blacks is they know how to bounce back. Yep, and that's what we're hoping. Come on, boys. I think, yeah, I met a couple of South African um, supporters yesterday. They were the same. But they knew, you know, they're not getting ahead of themselves. They know they've got a good chance, but they know a wounded All Blacks team will be a difficult challenge. Looking forward to Sunday, boys. Can't wait to watch. You know, it's time for our toast of the week. And as I mentioned at the start, it's been an incredible past few days for our athletes at Commonwealth Games. The medal count is currently at 37. And a big reason for that is the efforts of our track cyclists. The whole program have been, have been mirrored in the controversy recently. But much of the surprise of many New Zealanders, it was raining gold inside the velodrome for the Kiwis. From Eddie Dawkins' perspective, however, it's the athletes, not Cycling New Zealand, where credit should be. The performances on the bike don't really relate to what's happening in the background because these riders just love what they do. Probably a bigger sign would be how good would the performances be in five years. If those athletes are performing at the level that these guys are, then you'll know that it's been fixed. If they're not, then maybe it was just talented athletes that sort of ignored everything just to ride their bike. There you go. Talented athletes. Athletes Man, we've got plenty, Tempe. It's been an awesome watch, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's I'd, been a great I'd, watch. I've been so excited about these com games, and I don't know whether it's because we're winning so many medals, but just seeing the like the way Coley threw himself around the court, just how much it means yeah. to athletes, the way the cyclists have performed, the way the swimmers have been just, you know, unbelievable. And, of course, mm. we've still got the netballers that will probably win gold. Yeah, that. Oh, they're five, five goals down at the moment in the third quarter. Still they the, really still the come heat. back. Yes, they, they, they fought their way back, but they've just given away a couple of silly little turnovers. We'll keep you updated. And Smithy will keep you updated for sure coming up shortly. We'll have a chat to him. But, boys, poor how much effort went in. He was cramping in his quads, mate. And you spoke about it, Kempe. Just put his body on the line and got the results. Proud as punch. Here's Ian Kempe for breakfast. Another week coming to a close. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.